Um, well, thank you for joining tonight, you guys. Why don't we start uh, with a word of prayer? Let us pray. Our dearly Father, we, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. Lord, bless us by your word and grant us great comfort in the gift of your Son. May we reside in the true gospel and may we trust in your, in your living word. Bless us, O Lord, lead us, O Lord, and guide us and all those around us and our country in your peace. Lord, keep us. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right. All right. Well, where are we? Let me see. We are on Galatians, right? That's right. Galatians 1, chapter 7. Uh, chapter 1, verses 7 to 12. Uh, so... Uh, but uh, Galatians, all right, a lot to go over today. And, you know, I, I think a lot of pertinent uh, application as we go through go through a lot of what is happening today in Christianity. And I think this is, well, not even just in Christianity, but spirituality as a whole, as people call it, spirituality. Uh, what this looks like and how a different gospel uh, is infiltrating so many people. So, uh, review last week, verse 6, I'm astonished. That that astonishment is more of like, uh, I can't believe it, right? Like, like not like amazed, but like, I can't believe it how quickly the hutos, uh, tekeos, the, the so quickly that you deserted him, called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Now, is there a different gospel? No. 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 Verse 7. If someone can read that real quick. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Um, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. All right. There are some who trouble you and want to epistrepho. Epistrepso. The, the strafe, that word strafe. I don't know if you know the word strafe. Um. I know Marjorie told me that uh, she looked it up, what the word strafe meant in a sense of just, and she said uh, strafe in the military term is like an airplane that goes left and right. And um, that strafes, I know my kids, they play, Abe plays video games and he strafes. There's a, a, a move that he does that strafes around the screen, his little character. I, I don't play video games. My reaction time is getting slower by the day and I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> Plus my eyeballs hurt when I focus on things. Oh man. Anyways, uh, but uh, but we see right here uh, that that seven is really simpler. Yeah, yeah, it's really simpler. It says, "Which is really no gospel at all." Period. Yeah, because when you distort the gospel, is when you distort the gospel. What is the greatest, or confuse or distort, and it goes to a different gospel? Um, what is the greatest danger there? Of distorting the gospel, what is the tr the biggest danger of, of of changing the word of God? What is the biggest danger for anyone? 
And as Lutherans, we know better than to add or subtract from any word of the Bible or the gospel. So let's say I only believed in eight of the commandments, and I know that Jesus forgives me of my sins. What, how, do we, how do we reconcile that for someone who says, I believe in eight of the commandments, and I know that Jesus died for my sins? What, how dangerous is that for someone to say? They, I've never heard anyone say it that way, but some might say that this is a sin and that's not a sin. And I know that God loves me nonetheless. Uh, what, what is the danger of, of distorting? You know, you know, you play music, right? And uh, the distortion pedal, right? The distortion pedal on a guitar just makes it sound so much more uh, heavier and, and loud and noisy, which I love. The, the danger I see is not only are you at risk. Yes, but you're going to teach someone else who doesn't know the gospel at all. And they're only going to hear your distorted version of it. When you distort the gospel, Don, what happens to the truth? There is no truth. And does the truth without truth set you free? I would say no. No, right? It doesn't, right? It will not set us free. So the greatest danger of this different gospel is what? Someone's salvation, someone's conscience, someone's uh, guilt. We, we talk about the different gospels, the social gospel. We talk about the prosperity gospel. We talk about the works kind of gospel where they're faith plus works. Or as we talk about Acts 15 uh, with the uh, Judaizers, there they're saying, unless you abide to the law of Moses and be circumcised and do the works of the law, then you will be saved. And here we see St. Paul saying, no, that's a different gospel. And many are turning their allegiance to, to this word, to these Judaizers. So, so at the end of the day, you know, I think as we live out our faith and we hear these terms like, we all follow the same God, or I believe in God and you believe in God. What's the big deal if we believe this or that? Um, I think it's very important that we understand God's word for what it is and not distort the gospel of Christ. Because when we bring our works into it, our merits, we are distorting the work of Christ, right? We are downgrading his work on the cross when we bring our works into it. And this is what they are doing in particular. Uh, and this is not just them, but the devil himself continually to downplay the true free gift of the gospel, right, through his word. So, so again, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, the people who are fleeing to these Judaizers, uh, there they are going thinking that they have a better one thinking that, well, these Judaizers are giving us this good word, and we're going to go to him. And this is for the salvation of their souls. This is a, the most tragic. You know, you know, I know we, people might say, oh, why are you so, such a stickler to God's word? Now, what do you think my answer would be to that very phrase? Why would we not relent? To, why do we never relent? from the truth of God's word. Why do we always stick with God's word? Once we depart even a little, what happens? We believe in a different God. When we depart from God's word, we believe in a different God. We believe in a different Jesus. We believe in a different word. 
And there we go on our way. And people will veil that with, well, we all believe in God, but let's see what that God looks like for you and what this is. Is it by the word of God, his gospel, or is it, have you fine-tuned it and, not fine-tuned it, but have you twisted it in, into something that you would rather follow rather than what his word says? And this is the conflict that we see here, but also in our world today, right? As people are constantly believing in so many different things. You, you ask someone, uh, uh, as you uh, talk to your friends or neighbors, and when you talk about God, I guarantee there will be a lot of different things that will be said about what it means to believe in God. D does that make sense? Do you see that in life in certain mm -hmm. ways? Yeah. yeah? Um, People will call you narrow-minded, though, or, you know, when you stick to the word. They'll, they'll say you're being unreasonable and you're not loving towards all people you're not respectful of their faith and so on they twist it around yeah that's true good good uh good uh good thought there um but again why do we stick to the word of god and that's why the unity of our confession is so important that's why we do communion the way we do about this uh about the unity of our confession and close communion and what that looks like it's because we are all on the same page of our unity of confession, right? We're not just a cookie cutter where you believe that and I believe this, but we all believe, teach, and confess uh, to which church we go to. And, and here we see it. Uh, people are turning, and they are learning and believing in a different gospel, which is no gospel at all. Right? Verse 8, if someone could read that. Well, I can, but it's out of the NIV. It's awesome. Ready? Says, all right. Uh, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be eternally condemned. All right. So, you know, what does this mean? What does verse 8 mean? Does anyone have a, an under, a thought about this? It's, it's a warning. It's a warning. Do you not distort the word of God or you will be eternally condemned. So, so when Chris said we are too rigid or too, too narrow-minded, is that what we are when it comes to the Word of God? We're the cornerstones. We can't be bent and broken. We live under His care. We submit to His Word. And here we see, but even if an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel. Now, in context, the false teachers, the Judaizers would claim that the angels have told them to tell these words to the people about the law of Moses and the circumcision and the works to be saved, Acts 15. They would claim that the angels have told them to say these words to the people. Now, St. Paul is bringing out the little the poker, and he's saying, no, look, they might say that their word comes from the angel from heaven, but that is... That is contrary to the one that I've preached to you, and let him be accursed, right? When we, when we speak of a, a gospel that is against the word of God, that distorts the word of God, St. Paul is saying divine wrath and destruction should be on these people, on this teacher, on these false teachers, right? Because the greatest danger is to distort the gospel and to turn from the gospel in a nutshell. And, um, and, be, and beware too, because the devil masquerades as an angel of light. That's exactly, 
that's right. And that's what came up in the morning as well, that he does masquerade as an angel of light. Now, we talked about it this morning. Now, uh, about speaking, uh, about God, you know, about God speaking to us. Uh, you know, it's very, we have to be very careful in, we know that God speaks to us in his word. We know that by his word, he, he, he keeps us and he guides us and he leads us. Uh, our, our, our word is where we find God. Now, I think there are many people who will seek some other voice from God apart from scripture. And that's, again, I think we talked about that a while in the morning, that we need to be very careful of that, that mode or, or that method of, to which we have our special relationship with God, right? And I think right here, uh, the false teachers are doing that. Uh, they are claiming that uh, the angels uh, are giving them this message, and there they are giving them this Acts 15 message of works, salvation, faith plus works, law of Moses, circumcision. Um, and there, uh, St. Paul is saying, let them be accursed, right? When you, when, you, when you mess or when you deal or distort with the divine word of God, yes, deserved wrath is upon you because you are tearing people away from God, right? That's the bottom line. Uh, the conscience, our faith, right? The truth of God's word sets us free. Once that word is, is uh, 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 distorted, uh, there we find ourselves, uh, yeah, with no faith at all, with, um, with destruction and a terrified conscience, wondering if we are saved or not. Because for these people, these Judaizers who are, we're talking about uh, circumcision and works of the law. Well, how much is good enough? The conscience will always be at, uh, at an unrest, will always be at uh, a state of uneasiness, wondering if they've done enough. I mean, isn't that how world religion is in a nutshell? World religion in itself. I've wondered if I've done enough. I guess we'll see when we get there. I hope so. Now for us, because of what the truth of God's word is, that by his grace, we are set free by this true gospel free from the law, right? As Jesus has set us free from that, um, as he came to uh, fulfill the law, there he has come to give us his gospel. And that is our freeing gift uh, through Christ Jesus. And this is what the Judaizers are trying to take away from the people. And that is so, what's the word? That is so destructive in itself. And uh, I think this is very important to see how in this day and age, when, we, when, when you have a conversation with people, and they ask you, well, I believe in God, do you? And you say, yes, I believe in God as well. And um, I pray that you will have a, a longer conversation with them as you flesh out what this God is all about, if we do actually believe in the same God, because I think a lot of times it has changed so much that the gospel even has changed, right? I mean, people would always say, Jesus died for me, but now I have to do this. Right? I have to keep up by doing these works. And, and this is, I think, where the Judaizers are really kind of turning these people to that type of, of, uh, of learning. And that is very, uh, that is very dangerous uh, for the people and their faith. And as Don said earlier, it could lead them, pat lead them down that dangerous path, right? So it's very important um, to 
to see the faith for what it is. Okay, um, you know, I want to read this for you real quick um, from Luther, from Luther's works. This book I have, I only have 55 books of them. I should have more, but I just haven't kept up lately. But here we see, uh, what do we see? We see... Um, Okay, it says right here, once more Paul makes excuses for the Galatians and bitterly attacks the false apostles. You Galatians have been persuaded that the gospel which you receive from me is not the true and genuine gospel. That's what they're being persuaded from, right? Um, He continues, um, therefore you suppose that you are doing the right thing when you accept the new gospel which the false apostles are teaching and which seem better than mine. I am not accusing you so much as I am accusing those troublemakers who are disturbing your consciences and snatching you out of my hand. Now, the question is, who is Paul? What does verse 1 say about Paul? Quickly, review. What does verse 1 Sent by who? Jesus. Yes. Uh, Acts chapter 9. Ananias saying, you know who this, you know who this all is, right? The Lord said he is the chosen instrument. He is the sent one by God. So when we talk about snatching you out of my hand and disturbing your consciences, as Luther would talk about, uh, this is the bottom line. When we distort the gospel, we are disturbing our own consciences. Do you see the connection there? Like, how do you have a peaceable conscience? It's only through the word of God, through his law, through his gospel, right? Once we start twisting that around, trust me, your conscience, the law is written on your hearts, as the Lord says, uh, they will be disturbed. And when they are disturbed, that is the most terrifying thing in this line, to not know who you are in God's promises and gracious care. Right? I mean, yeah, my, my ancestors are Buddhist, right? And, uh, and I know um, in, at seminary, we had to go to a, a different religion and, and give, ask questions, you know, and I went to a Buddhist, uh, uh, I don't know if it was a temple, but it was out in the woods. And, and we asked the questions like, how do you know? And their answer was, no, how do you know you will be with God? And their answer was, we, we don't know, but we're going to try. And again, uh, for us as Christians, we know, right? You and me know. How? By the body and blood of Jesus. Are we, are we perfect? No, by no means. We live under his word. We fall short. We repent. And there in Christ, we rest in the true gospel. Right? We're not saying how many works have we done. Right? You've just done 45. Cecily, you've done 46. Sheldon's, well, he's done 85. He's the overachiever. What are we going to do? Right? <laughs> but how much is enough? And there we find our disturbed conscience. That's a tragedy, don't you see? When we have that disturbed conscience, we have that disturbed conscience because our faith isn't rooted in Christ alone and his word. Right? Once we start picking and choosing what word we want to believe and say, well, Jesus died for me. I don't believe in all the word. Trust me, that conscience is saying, wait, wait, what what am I doing here? I'm changing the word of God. I'm, 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 I'm ignoring parts of his word. And I'm just kind of cookie-cuttering my own faith. And that is disturbing in itself. Right? So why we as a church, right? LCMS, Lutheran Church, 
why we are so stuck in the word is because it's at the end of the day, as Luther would say, it's all about the conscience. It's all about our faith, right? Our clear, pure faith in God's word. And when that is subverted, it's over. It is over. Oh, what's the big deal, right? Like we all believe in this. No, when we depart from God's true word, we are believing in a different God, right? Um, I know there's a lot of denominations out there. Many. Um, those that believe in Jesus Christ will be saved. We believe that, right? Our brothers and sisters of Christ in different denominations. Uh, great, right? They believe in Jesus. They will be saved, right? But I think the danger of anything is this. That once we add something to the gospel, it could very well confuse and distract and distort the, the, the pure, complete work of Christ. Does that make sense? Once we, once that pure work of Christ, sorry, I look so big on this camera. And I'm like, <laughs> going in, and my hair is all over the place. Anyways, um, it's a hot day today, right? It's very, very, very um, but, uh, but once we start changing that portrait of Christ, the character of our faith also changes. And, and this is the danger, right? Why are we so true to God's word? So once we start bending, as Nancy said in the morning, Don, um, <laughs> once we start bending, we will break and we're done. You watch the news on all those channels about how some of the churches are, what are they doing nowadays? You see the news, right? They're, they're bending. They're watering down God's word. And that's the most tragic thing um, is... Uh, Oh, is that my house? They, when did they come on? That's dangerous because it says right there in, in verse 8, you'll be condemned. Hey, I have yeah. a footnote. All right, actually, 2 Corinthians um, eleven fifteen says, well, no, eleven fourteen, and because Satan wanders around twisting God's word, and he has minions too. So 2 Corinthians 11.14 says, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. That's right. In 15, it says, it's not surprising then that his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Yeah, so, so again, you know, it's let them be accursed for what they are teaching because they're teaching a way apart from Christ. And when it's apart from Christ, there is no life. There is no life. Um, Yes, uh, verse 9, if someone could read that, verse 9. Sure. Okay. As we have already said, so now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Right. Yes. This is so important. St. Paul doesn't waffle about this. Why? Why is St. Paul so, so uh, razor sharp about this? Why is he so stuck? Why can't, why can't someone just tell Paul, you know what, just, just chill out a little, all right? <laughs> just let us be. We're good. You're good. So just let us be. Why is he so stuck on he, this? He's seen the light. He knows. He's a witness. He's one of the strongest ones. Yeah, well, he, you're right, Sheldon. He knows what it means to be on that other side, of course. But why is he not relenting as he's repeating this whole thing about being condemned in verse 8 and 9? 
that repetition shows us his emphatic kind of pointed remarks at, at, uh, at the Judaizers and all their false teaching. Why is this such a sticking point? Why can't he just say, well, let them be? Why is this such a... He's emphasizing that this is a non-negotiable point. Yeah. Why is it a non-negotiable point? There's truth, there's truth, and there's almost truth. Once, once you try to modify the truth, you know, it's truth light, kind of like Coke light. It's, it's truth light. It's just, it's not, the, it's not, it's not the pure essence of, of the faith and of the word. Is there such thing as truth, truth light? Yes or no? No. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about absolute truth, there's no room for um, relativism, right? There's no close enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I but St. Paul, he is sticking to his, he is sticking to his, uh, his, his faith. He is, he is putting down the um, stakes in the ground saying, this is it. He's drawing the line in the sand because he loves them, right? He knows that without this pure gospel, it is distorted. And when you distort it's not clear anymore, right? You, you play that guitar on, on clean, you turn that to distortion, and then it it's all over the place, right? And that is how it is with the Word of God. Once we start distorting, there the noise comes in, and there we are distracted by all these different things. And what happens in this distraction? Our eyes turn away from the cross, right? And, and that is so key here. And he knows their livelihood is rooted in this one true gospel. And that's why St. Paul is really turning into this point and he's not relenting and he's calling them to be accursed because he knows that when you, when you try to turn people from the divine word, yeah, you will be accursed. You will be condemned. And, and, and this is a, this is the great tragedy, the greatest tragedy for all of humanity. As I think, uh, as uh, Dave said, like, what's the big deal or, or what's, What's the difference, right? It's all the same, right? Well, so what if we, you believe in that or I believe in this? It, it's all the same, right? And um, once the different gospel comes into play, that foundation becomes like, as Marjorie said in the morning, uh, that hymn, uh, you know, that all else is sinking sand, right? It, 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 it's, it's full of sand. And when the wash and the, when the waves come in, wash to and fro, there is no foundation at all. all right. And that is what St. Paul is fighting for. He's fighting for the faith. Isn't St. Isn't Paul also just totally walking with the Lord and plugged into his Holy Spirit and he's really passionate and, and he really is embracing the whole trying to drive the message into people. I mean, he, he's, a, he's, he's got your kind of passion, Pastor. You know what I mean? He's just oh, trying please. so oh. hard. No, he's he's way better than me. Okay, <laughs> Just, whatever, but please, anyway, you know what I'm trying to no, say. Don't don't put me in that. No, no, but thank you. That, wow. Anyways, but uh, anyways, don't uh, you agree that he's he's just walking with Christ and well, he sees the truth, right, Sheldon? Yeah. When you know the truth, sorry, too close. When you know the truth, uh, <laughs> there is nothing apart from that truth. You are not watering down and diluting or saying okay, this and that. 
And you know because the truth, as Jesus says, will set you free. And, and this is what St. Paul is trying to teach them. He's like, look, the, the writing is on the wall. I've already taught you already in my first missionary journey. And here you are already so quickly, right, turning from what I've taught you. Because I've taught you the truth. And that's the, the plight of our world today, right? Is that there is no more absolute truth according to our generations, our younger generations, right? There's no absolute truth. Dave, Cecily, you have your own truth. Jeff, own truth, right? We all are in cahoots because we, we're all relative here and, and, you know, we believe in something. So what's the big deal? No, no, it's, it's, about the, it's about our faith. It's about our conscience. It's about our assurance. It's certainty. It's about Christ, right? Uh, again, once we cookie cutter the law, the commandments and say, well, I believe in that commandment and not that commandment, but I know that Jesus still forgives me. That's a different, we're, we're playing, we're playing God there. And that's a very dangerous thing as well. Right? So St. Paul, you know, is really sticking it to him because he knows this is a matter of life and death, right? For them to turn from only Christ can be a matter of life and death. Uh, verse 10, if someone could read that for me. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Okay, so clearly, what is St. Paul saying here? Clearly, what is he saying? It's easier to go the other, it's easier to go the path of least resistance. Well, but what? He's the path of truth. Yeah, so what's the spiritual uh, what's the spiritual battle that is in the midst of the people of Galatia and the false teachers? What what is really going on here? Uh, and um, I'm going to read this for you from Luther again. Wait, wait, I'd like to say I love oh. that answer. That was a great answer. It was. Yeah, um, yeah Dave. Thanks, Sheldon. That's encouraging. <laughs> He made his day. Star Wars going down the dark side is really easy. To fight oh, yeah. a good fight is not. So I mean, Star. I fight the that. wide road versus the narrow road, right? Sorry to throw in Star Wars, but <laughs> um, easy to go down the dark side. Yeah, you know, I, I think when we talk about the Word of God, it, it's not. It brushes against the flesh and uh, of the old Adam, right? Right. You know, when we give the word of God to people, it's not going to be pleasant at all times, right? We heard the sermon tonight about thirsty. Now, why? what is the proper thirst? You know, Luther says it's not the, the taste of beer and wine. I love that. That's from him, not me, right? That's from Luther. I love that when he said that. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know where the scotch, you missed scotch there. But anyways, um, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, <laughs> But uh, the point is, is that proper thirst is one who is wretched, one who is empty and saying, I need Christ, right? Uh, and I think right here, uh, when we talk about uh, men uh, and the old Adam, they don't want to hear the word of God because they are righteous in themselves, or so they think. And they believe that they don't need any other, and that only Christ, well, uh, is, is brushing against uh, their own their own self-righteousness, their own wisdom. And, you know, Luther says it right here. Uh, we do not seek the favor of men by our teaching either, if we may be permitted to say this without boasting, for we teach that all men are wicked. Um, 
All men are wicked. Uh, his natural powers, wisdom, righteousness, all self-invented religion and whatever is best in the world. In other words, we say that there is nothing in us that can deserve grace and the forgiveness of sins. Um, let's see, it continues. Uh, For the world finds nothing more irritating and intolerable than hearing its wisdom, righteousness, religion, and power condemned. And that is the reality of God's word. It, It shuts down every other outlet to be with God, but only Christ alone. And this, St. Paul is saying, I'm not a people. You know, friends, if I was a people pleaser, you know, I, I think Nancy said it again in the morning. Everyone wants to be liked, right? By the people. Is that right? People want to be liked and accepted. And Dave, you said it, right? About blending in and, and being part of that wide road. It's easy to do that. Now, I think St. Paul is, is bringing the, 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 the honest truth here is that he's not here to people, please. He's here to live under God as a chosen instrument sent to be that vessel of the gospel, right? And no matter what, he's living under God's word. So with a clear conscience, he is going with God's word as he is proclaiming God's word to the people. Right? I think that's very important that you know, for me as a pastor, there are times where I have to bring the truth. Not, ha- not times. I mean, I should always bring the truth. But I mean, uh, I, I, I need to bring things. I need to bring the word that people don't want to hear because it brushes against their own sinful nature. But, but don't you the, also feel that he's completely fearless at this point, too? Because he's living as a chosen instrument of God. He's not right, living under his, his own autonomy, right? His identity is called right uh first one. anything at this point hmm? he's not fearing anything at this point he's 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 going head first and he he's not afraid of nothing sheldon if you have the truth what is there yeah. to fear right nothing. When, when you when you shred from that truth that is when you fear so right. so for saint paul it's like there's nothing else but what i've taught you and you're turning right i, I cannot waver and and placate or appease your sensibilities. And, and if I do, it's over. And I think for the church, for the church, the greatest tragedy of any church across the globe is what? To waffle and bend and to kind of bend that truth so it is more relevant or is good with society or is more uh, palatable for people to come to the faith. Now, once we start watering it down, St. Paul, he reminds us, he's not here to people, please. He's here to give the word that saves. And that is a clear conscience he has been given under God, right? And I think that's so important here about our faith too, right? Once we start watering it down and and doing that, this is where we we too uh, can get caught up into this people pleasing, Uh, but rather we should stick with the word where there the truth sets us free, right? So Lutherans always stick. The problem is, is trying to tell a Catholic that you're you're adding. <laughs> well, you know, I, even Lutherans, you know, we're we're all sinners, right? We 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 have our ways. Of course, we're me. sinners, uh, but we we know better than to add or subtract from the gospel or the word. But our that's sinful nature. That's a, that's Sheldon, a biggest, I don't want. If somebody had to say, what's the definition of a Lutheran? I would simply say we don't add or subtract from the word of God, period. That's a definition of a Lutheran, correct or not? 
No, no, I, I know what you're saying. I agree. But it doesn't negate our sinful nature. No, I know that. And how we know this, but yet we do, right? In our own fleshly nature, we can compartmentalize and we can justify by our works. We can dilute this gospel ourselves. And, and trust me, uh, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, in our sinful nature, how the devil will accuse and say, have you done enough? And you will, and, and if, and all of us to a certain degree have had those moments in life, that little blast of conscience saying, wait, have I done enough? And this is why St. Paul is not wavering from this truth, because that's all there is, is the truth of God's word, his free grace in, in Jesus Christ. Um, verse 11, verse 11. I can read that. Thank you. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. Yes, the, the kata anthropon, right? The, the, uh, the, um, the according to man. So that's, um, what is that saying about St. Paul? What is that saying about St. Paul right here? He's a vessel. That he is preaching the divine word and promise of God, right? He is not preaching a man's gospel. What is man's gospel? What is that quickly in a nutshell? A gospel that is derived, that is derived from? Personal, a, personal feelings and personal opinions and personal judgments and personal ideas. The way things should be in your own mind as opposed to the way things are. That's, that's great, Dave. You're on a roll. I should have written that down because I, I don't remember any of it. Don't worry, Dave records. I mean, uh, Mark, Jeff, Jeff records this, so you're good. You can replay, <laughs> write your own quote. That's good. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, but yeah, you're right, Dave. I think you hit it really well there because I think uh, – uh, the point is, is that you're right. I think man's gospel is what you've put it in a nutshell is, is man's feelings, man's perspective, man's opinion. Sorry, I didn't quote you so elo eloquently as you said it, but, um, uh, but this is the, 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 the nature of a man's gospel, that it's from a human source. When it's from a human source, it is fallen. It is broken, right? Uh, it is not perfect. And if it's not perfect, it will not set you free. So when we talk about the word of God, and as we see it right here, Paul called by God, that he is commissioned by God, not by a man's gospel, but to, to preach the divine word of God. I preach him, I preach Christ, and in him crucified. That's always Paul's message. This is not by human standard or norms, but this is only by the word of God. It's always the word, right? That is our cornerstone through all things. And in this world, oof, we need to stick with the word. Not just as Dave said, because trust me, the whole flippant, like my feelings, my thoughts, what it means to me kind of crowd, that's quite rampant. Do you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You agree? Like, like, if it doesn't fit my narrative, no. <laughs> like, I don't want to believe it, right? Like, when I read the Word of God and that brushes against my sinful nature, I'm saying, wait, whoa, I don't, no, that's only for that time. It's not really relevant now. I, I, no, that's not about me by no means. 
um, yeah, it does brush against our own sinful nature. And I think it's very important as we see the man's gospel is that that's the, the result. When it's normed by human standard, we are in great trouble. The gospel is what? It comes from God. Jesus coming down to man to die for our sins, Christ crucified. Okay, verse 12. Verse 12, so could read that. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So where is St. Paul... If St. Paul was to have a movie, what would the rolling credits be? <laughs> I don't know. Produced by, directed by, Jesus Christ. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Good job, Don. Yeah, written by, too. Right. Written <laughs> by, yeah. <laughs> Created <laughs> by, made by, defined <laughs> by, produced, even the sound and lighting. Yes, uh, so so what's the point here? He's, what was that saying, Don? What is he trying to say here? He's saying that the Judaizers claim to get their uh, gospel from the angels. Paul got his directly from Christ. Right. And what does that mean for the hearers? That, that uh, Paul's gospel is the correct one. Yes, rooted in Christ Jesus, the one that sets them free and forgives them of their sins. And, and this is the credit to which he gives all glory to. After all, he is the one who's called out from the darkness to light. And there he goes as a chosen instrument, the greatest evangelist I see in the Bible. And there, there he went to, to proclaim the excellencies of God through the revelation of Christ. That revelation is the Damascus road, right? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And there he has gone to, to be called the apostle sent from God through Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead. And, and this is uh, what he is telling the people. Uh, of what his words are derived from, not a human invention, but straight from God and his promises. And that is why the Bible, for what it is, there we trust. And we humbly submit in faith to what the word says. It's not what I feel like Dave said. It's not what my perspective is. But what does the Bible say? Right? Sorry, I'm getting mad. I'm not getting mad. I'm getting into it. But what does the Bible say? That's the question we should always ask. What does the Bible say rather than what we want it to say? What does it say? And here St. Paul is saying, look, I've given you Jesus. I've, I, I've taught you already. My revelation has come from Jesus who called me on the Damascus road. And now I'm here not by man's gospel. I'm not here to people, please. Uh, I'm here to give you the life-saving message of, of Christ. Salvation for your souls. He loves them so much that he never will stop changing. He'll never change this message because he loves them so much. Does, it, does that make sense? I mean, who said earlier? Chris said earlier, oh, it's, it's too narrow-minded. It's too rigid, right? Like, people don't want to hear that. But why are we doing Why do we stand pat? Because there we find the true love of Christ. There we find also the love of others. As we tell them the truth, whether they want to hear it or not, because we love them, right? St. Paul is doing the same thing. He is loving his neighbor through the truth of God's word. And, and there he goes uh, to stick to stick to his faith, and that is the revelation from Jesus Christ. So, so again, you guys, uh, be wary of this, be cognizant, discerning of this as you live out your Christian life, because a lot of times you will get into these conversations with people, and even within yourself. And that's where we go back. 
to God's word and the, the gift of his grace in Jesus Christ. Right? It's a constant, and it won't get any better in this world when it comes to this. I think it's going to become more frequent and rampant, and relative truth has been the great disease ever since the enlightenment, right, of constant uh, change from the absolute truths of God's word. And a different gospel has been set before us, even though there's no gospel at all other than Christ. Um, and people are turning. And here we are. We need to stand, right? Stand for the truth. Because this is the only truth that sets people free, Jesus. Uh, okay. All right. We will, um, we will stop there. But any questions on this before we close? I know that was a lot of stuff um, in a quick blast of 40 minutes. But uh, any thoughts before we close? Good stuff. Good stuff. Love it. I want to see Don in video, though. <laughs> you know, is were you not combing your hair, Don? <laughs> oh, it's a mess. <laughs> it can't be worse than pastors. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh. I know my hair is uh You can go ahead and sign off now, Sheldon. It'd be it'd be good to see you in video, brother. Well, I gotta go out and buy a uh, a camera. <laughs> well, I have a t I'm working off a tablet, so they're they're your subscriber can give you probably a free one if you're due for an upgrade. All right. Yeah. Well, why don't we close? Why don't we close with a word of prayer? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we, we thank you for this evening, for your word, uh, for the gospel of truth, that by your divine promise, you have given us the truth in Christ Jesus, the crucified who has set us free. Bless us in our conscience and always lead us in your peace, knowing full well that you have given us this gospel of grace. We pray for this world continually, for your peace to be with all people, uh, for your order and, and your grace shine on those that need to hear the gospel. Lord, we pray for this world that your, your light will be shown to all the people that need to hear it. And bless us in our proclamation. Lead us, O Lord, to love and serve our neighbors. And, and Lord, um, during these times, may you grant safety and peace uh, to those in our land. Lord, bless us this night. May we go in your peace, in your blood, in your death and empty tomb, in our baptisms. Bless us, Lord, this night. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right, everyone. God's blessings to you, and God's peace to you all. Bless you all. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bless the night. Good week. We'll see you. Good night. Good night. Good night.